This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Happy. It's Wednesday when we're recording this, but it'll be Tuesday when you're hearing it. So happy whatever day of the week you are hearing this. (laughs) Happy Monday through Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We're jumping in today with self-acceptance and... I think this came out of a, this is actually our community call topic for tomorrow. So by the time this airs, the community call will have happened already. However, I think we'll probably end up having another version of it. I feel like this is a big topic to unpack. And do you want to go into like how, why don't you share how we came to this topic? I'm actually trying to recall how we came to this topic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Um, I know it was some conversations a couple of weeks ago that we were having as most of our topics come out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, there was some stuff around weight and weight yeah. gain. And I can get into that a little bit, but is that how we came up with it? Cause it's not like you and I to sit and talk about that necessarily. No, our, I think it but- was, I think it sort of, there's a couple of things that unfolded for me, I think where lately I've been, so one of the words I picked for this year was pleasure and both pleasure in like the foods I eat, pleasure in the experiences I have, uh, where can I recognize pleasure in my life a bit more and also make conscious decisions to invite pleasurable pleasurable experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in this headspace of not being entirely satisfied with where my body was looking and feeling. So my clothing was fitting a bit tighter that didn't feel pleasurable, but the food and lifestyle activities that I was engaged in were pleasurable. So where do I find this level of self-acceptance around this is where I'm at and my body is changing and shifting while I honor pleasure in some way? And it's not just yeah, tied how to do that. You, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, stay tuned because I I think we're still unpacking this, to be perfectly honest. It's kind of why we're having this conversation. But I also feel like, you know, I did some yoga. I was doing yoga fairly regularly in the new year up until mid-February. And then I just stopped and I was like, man, I want a break. I just, I don't feel like doing it. And I walk the dogs. I walk, you know, I I walk 10,000 steps a day on average. Like I have no problem with walking Mm and movement. I took a conscious pause from karate in September, October. Mm -hmm. But when I put my gi on a few weeks ago to help with a grading, I noticed that my gi was fitting differently. And so I was like, oh, this is interesting. My body's shifted and changed. But so there was this level of like, I'm just going to say it. I felt fatter, but happier. (laughs) Oh, yes. Remember you saying that. And I was like, and I'm not... 
I'm not saying these are mutually exclusive. This is my personal experience, and I certainly don't want to make a rightness or a wrongness out of either of those situations mm-hmm. or words, mm-hmm. because I think they can be really triggering for people. Mm-hmm. And because I have decided to prioritize pleasure this year as one of these words, a an accompanying result of that is that I have gained a bit of weight. And I'm not talking a huge amount, but just enough for me to notice that my clothing is fitting differently. So where can I find this balance of self-acceptance around the way that I feel and the pleasure I'm enjoying and still like let go of the social conditioning around body appearances? And yeah, it took me back to some awkward teenage years, definitely. Mm. some forgiveness around that yeah yeah which is i mean (laughs) that's the the social the social conditioning piece is it's so big right and so like i mean i'm i'm in a i don't know same but different scenario where i've i too have gained weight call it the COVID 19 call it whatever we want um it's probably more likely that i'm now in my 40s and my body is shifting and changing Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting journey where similar to you, I've sort of, I've been really trying to be in a place of self-acceptance and noticing, um, I guess noticing where the judgment comes up, like the Mm -hmm. little, the judgment in my mind, the judgment of self, the, like the resisting what is. So for me, Mm -hmm. I think one of the conversations we had recently was I finally, for a while I was holding on to the like, okay, clothes aren't fitting quite the way I like them. Um, okay. Clothes, like some clothes just aren't fitting anymore. Um, but sort of that, like, okay, well hang on to them because I'll lose the weight or, you know, and, and then finally I was like, why am I, why am I resisting this? Why am I walking around wearing clothes that I don't make me feel good? Maybe I just need to actually just go out and buy myself some clothes that make me feel good and that fit me comfortably. Mm-hmm. And it made me, you know, it was something we, that we talked about. And it's like, how many of us do that? How many yeah. of us resist going and buying the clothes that make us feel good? Because then we have to actually acknowledge that we've gained the weight or then we have to acknowledge our bodies that have changed. Yeah. That our, yeah. Whether thank you. We've That's gained even or better lost way. weight. Yeah. Know, yeah. Whatever age I mean, you're at. Exactly. And, and that is even the thing for me, it feels like my whole body has shifted. Like, it's not just that, oh, I've put on a couple pounds around my belly or whatever. It's like my jackets fit smaller. My, like everything, my whole it's body just has been is redistribution. I think that's kind of how I'm feeling that there's this been redistribution of, of mass around my body. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, and believe me, I'm not sitting here like agonizing over, oh no, I'm five. Yeah, no, this is not like, this is definitely not one of those, this is definitely not one of those spaces. And, um, but it is hard to love our bodies when they change. Yeah. It's hard. Like, and even as somebody, you know, that I, I am not somebody who has struggled with my weight all my life. I recognize that I'm, you know, I'm in that position and it's, it's hard. Like I've, I've definitely mm-hmm. struggled with it. It's, it's interesting how even just made me kind of look at and observe how 
all of these different aspects, the outer, like how we show up in the outer world or how we look to the outer world makes up our identity so much. I remember going through this, um, and this again might seem a bit trite, but go with me here. Like a couple of years ago, I died and chopped my hair. Like, and I, all my life, I was pretty much a blonde of some form or another. I was blonde when I was a kid. And then I, you know, as a teenager, I started the highlights and, and just kind of kept the blonde going. And so I always kind of identified as some form of blonde. And then long story short, I had an experience a couple of years ago, had an opportunity to get my hair done and a makeover and kind of went in like, sure, do whatever you want. And I came out with like the shortest haircut I'd ever had. And basically I was Auburn. And yeah. that was a shock to the system. Like I, I you telling really, me that story. yeah, this was right before we met, I guess I yeah. really struggled with a bit of like my identity, like, Whoa, who am I? Like, and I mean, it's just hair, but it was a real, like, wow. But it's hair because it's an identifying feature right? of, your, of yeah. your appearance. And so I remember I you think, telling me that about the surrender piece where you surrendered to the experience yeah. and you do like the universe delivered <laughs> more yeah. than. <laughs> yeah. That morning in my journal, I was like, I'm open to possibilities or something. I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but it was like, I'm open to whatever opportunities come my way and possibilities and da, 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 da. And little did I know that I was going into like, come out kind of looking like a different person. Um, and yeah, it was an interesting experience like to really, to go through. And there's a little bit of, a little bit of that sort of even just with the shifts in my body lately where it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't know, just like you say, the, but the redistribution of everywhere. Like, so yeah. what I am comfortable in, what I want to wear, how I want to express myself through clothes and everything else shifts and changes and mm -hmm. starting to get comfortable with that, but also recognizing like, oh, like how was that so much of my identity? Um, right. I'd say it's a similar, like, Maybe it's like it's an unpacking of identity. And so there's this level of self-acceptance that we have that's connected to a particular identity that we wear on our outside and that is reflected in our inside. I think of it similar mm -hmm. to The Matrix, because Kirk and I have just started watching The Matrix movies again. Oh, yeah. And when they are in The Matrix, they look different than when they're outside because it's this quote-unquote residual self-image. Oh, right. And so we have this residual self-image inside of us that is linked to how we appear and look and see each other in the mirror or in our, you know, our reflection. And when that is challenged or changed, like when we surrender. So I was thinking actually when you were, when you were telling me about this hair story again, it's like you gave up a form of agency and allowed your identity to be fiddled with by someone mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And then you allowed my image. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Your image yeah. to be, which then caused you a deeper inquiry yeah. into your identity. Yeah. So, but I've and had it, situations where I've made drastic changes to my hair and my appearance, but I chose those. Chose and I told my hairdresser yeah. exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And I'm talking like major, like I have naturally dark brown hair and it was like longish. And I was like, make it short, make it like 
bleach blonde crop. Right. Wow. Like yeah. very, very yeah. different. I did this when I was 25. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I've gone from blonde to dark brown, yeah. like years and years and years ago. Um, but you know, kept it long or something like, but yeah, they'll like to allow somebody to just do what they sort of wish and to go from like, I think that was the other thing. It wasn't just to go from like blonde to Auburn. It was to go from like longer, like shoulder length or longer blonde hair to short. (laughs) Auburn was like, whoa. But, and as you were, as you were sort of saying that too, and as I'm reflecting, it's really interesting. This we'll get back to self-acceptance because I think this is part and parcel in this, but like, I'm even just looking, you're right. Like as I've continued to surrender and go through my own journey and become more in touch with who I am internally, my outward image, like I'm thinking of things and things that are a little bit out of my control. So the hair thing wasn't out of my control, but I kind of surrendered, like you say, to the universe. But some of the like body stuff, the way my body's changing feels a little more out of my control um, without going into, yes, okay, there's, you know, there are factors that we could look at, but I'm a pretty, even still with that, I eat fairly well and fairly clean. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, same with like you were sharing with your movement. I, you know, I get my exercise and whatnot. So, um, but where I was going with that is so sort of that's shifting and I'm having to surrender a bit more to that. And then even things like my glasses. Mm. So my, I've always, I've always needed glasses or contacts, but I've always worn contacts. Like I've worn, I'm like, I was like a serial contact wearer for like, from the age of probably, I don't know, 14, 15 until about two years ago, all around the same time, all of a sudden, or a year and a half ago, all of a sudden my eyes just changed and like contacts, like it made me want to scratch my eyes out. And so I've had to go to glasses and it's not just like glasses here and there, right? Like I, I need corrective lenses all the time. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't operate without something. So I've had to surrender, but again, I've always identified more as like somebody who doesn't wear glasses and I've struggled with the late needing to wear glasses like 24 seven. And it's not a, and I mean, yes, again, this is probably all like hormonal really when we're looking at it, but the surrendering of the identity piece and the surrendering of like, if I look at myself five years ago, even it's like, you know, blonde, 10, <laughs> 20 pounds lighter, didn't wear glasses. Like now, like so I'm just funny. sort of going through this. Yeah. As we unpack this, I'm like going through this real, like feels kind of like metamorphosis of like yeah. shedding parts of who I am. And so to roll back to, to come back to the self-acceptance piece, it's definitely been a challenge of like self-acceptance, right. Of accepting. And it's not that like, I mean, I actually like glasses, um, both on myself and on other people. I don't like that. I have to wear them 24 seven. Um, I'm struggling with that part. I really would like to be able again, (laughs) the control freak in me is like, I want to be able to wear glasses when I want to wear glasses as a, <laughs> so like a style statement. Um, but they can be both. Right. But that self-acceptance piece, right. Of like, I am still the person I am, whether mm-hmm. I'm 20 pounds heavier wearing glasses and, you know, like, but it's so interesting how I, that can be really challenging. I, you know, I, I'm having some similar experience with, with my hair. Okay. So mm. as I'm in my galloping through this my mid forties, this, interesting turn. this is really, no, it's a really interesting term because I think I'm think it gets a relevant topic that 
Yeah. I think a lot of people don't unpack, men and women. And so I've recently discovered that my hair is wavy quite naturally. So I'm like working with the wave, which I kind of like, actually. It's quite feminine. But I'm obviously, there's more gray coming in. And so in the last two years, I've had, and I've always had some blonde highlights and stuff like that. But in the last two years, I have noticed friends who I haven't seen for a while or when we moved back to Canada who were like, whoa, love the gray. I'm like, oh, like it was so gradual for me. And they're like, you're rocking the look. It's great. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And so there's this level of self-acceptance that's linked to... Because social conditioning with gray hair again, right? with gray hair. And also, this is something else I've noticed, and it's anecdotal, but how I'm noticing how others are viewing me differently now that I have more gray hair. Even You've though I still this once or feel, twice before. Yeah, even though I still feel and like I still sound youthful and young and absolutely I have I quite I would totally be the first to admit I have a youthful energetic energy to me. Mm-hmm. Um way of being in the world and every once in a while it crosses mine I was like, "Oh, I wonder if like I'll comment on something or I'll be talking to people and I was like, "Oh, I wonder who if they think like who's the lady with the gray hair?" <laughs> because of these perceptions that we have about people who are older or have more gray hair. But that's kind of my own lensing and my own conditioning on what I think those people think. Yeah. But I did have one experience. the judgments too, the little social conditioning conditioning judgments that come up, right? These little thoughts of like... Yep. I did have one experience at an electronics store where I was replacing a cable, a charging cable for my phone, and I had bought it for Kirk. And I was talking to the attendant in the store. And he was like, young guy, 28, 30, like not young, young, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the same. He was a supervisor. Mm -hmm. Wasn't like he was 18. And I don't know. But, you know, they were trying to like mansplain me about the cable. (laughs) This old lady doesn't know anything about technology. Oh my God. I was like, dude. I knew about the internet before you were even born. That was like the dialogue in my head. I was like, are you heckling me because you see that I have gray hair and you think I haven't actually, quote unquote, used the cable correctly? I'm like, it's an effing cable. It doesn't work. Do you think, I'm just going to like unpack that quickly. It's interesting Mm -hmm. where is, and I know that you and I can do this, so we're going to do it here on the podcast, but like- Is that your own feelings of the gray hair and projecting that, oh, it must be the gray hair and he thinks I'm old or is he, or is it the female dynamic where it's more of a mansplaining thing or a bit of both, or maybe it's just him and he was not overly on the ball. You know what I mean? Maybe he thought he was genuinely trying to be helpful. Yeah. All of these are possible and I can't know the answer, but Mm. I just thought it was interesting to me Mm -hmm. that like it took you know, he went to the effort of like taking it to a computer and showing it to my phone. And I'm like, I was like, I've done that. And I've done that. And I've done that. And my husband has done that. Can you please just replace the fucking cable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is, I kind of feel like if my husband had gone in with that request, yeah. it would have been a 30 second transaction and not a five minute rigmarole. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and quite possibly it would have been. I mean, that's unfortunately the reality that is the that we reality. live in. And that's the, I also feel like that's an unconscious bias piece. Yeah. Where, so then obviously that feeds into a question of self-acceptance. Can I accept where I am 
in this stage of my life and my appearance and my and honor my knowledge and my wisdom and my expertise and let go and shed other people's judgments about what that means. Yeah. And I mean, for that's, them, not about, not about me. Yes. And I mean, and that is the root of self-acceptance, right? When we can actually come to a place of accepting ourselves for all like strengths, weaknesses, what Absolutely. we view as positive and negative, but it is hard in a society like we live in today. Yeah. And even, you know, even looking like I was, there was a meme or um, yeah, meme, I think it was a meme. Anyways, I think I mentioned this to you, but a, a month or two ago, somebody showed this to me and it was something going around that showed like women in their forties and fifties from like the forties and fifties versus women in their forties and fifties today. And you, if you can just kind of imagine, like think back, right. Actually, it wasn't even, it might not have even been that long ago in there. It might've been like women in their forties and fifties, more in like the sixties to eighties. But like, if you think about it back then, like women's have continued to become, how to explain this? Like youth has like women in their forties and fifties look younger still yes. now compared to women in their forties and fifties, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's int- like, are we, I don't know, like there's just something where I'm like, and I'm, so I'm in my forties now mm-hmm. and I look and so all these shifts and changes are happening and I want to keep you know, I, I enjoy keeping up with fashion and, um, you know, various trends and things like that. But at the same time, I also am very conscious of being like, Hey, I'm 40. I'm not 25 anymore. Yeah. I'm Um, not like, I might shop at forever 21 and find one or two pieces, but I'm certainly not going to build my wardrobe (laughs) out of a shop named forever 21. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like coming to those acceptance places. I'm not sure where I was going fully with that, but, um, but this coming to this place of the acceptance, I also, I guess that's the other thing I was sort of going to is this, you know, the fact that we're both in our forties mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of like that fuck at forties. Yeah. So how much totally. of this self-acceptance piece also for us is playing in, like, I am finding it easier now than I even did five, 10 years ago to accept myself for even like, yes, I'm talking about changes that are different, but I mean, I I've gone through phases all my life. Right. Where, or like, I remember I used to, I mean, I've never been one to wear a ton of makeup, but mm-hmm. I used to definitely in my twenties and thirties, I would not be going out places <laughs> looking the way I do now, like <laughs> not the way I do now, but the way I, you know, like now I'll go out. I don't care. Like no makeup yep. glasses on, you know, whatever. Like, I don't care. I can go to the grocery store. But like, I think there's broader social acceptance of that in general. Although, of course, we are also located on the West Coast, which yeah, is a bit yeah. more relaxed where that's concerned. And now, like I'm speaking through the lens of having lived in De- Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Right. And also, you know, spending short times living in England and Germany mm-hmm. in the 90s. And, you know, actually, even when I moved to Montreal, like fashion focused city. So the clothing that I used to wear in the West coast, I would not like, did not translate well in Montreal. And actually even per Kirk and I joke about like, we had a closet dedicated just to shoes because it was just, you know, cause you know, there were four very distinct seasons there. And obviously you needed footwear for all four of those seasons. But I had, I had a lot of clothes, you know, and there's malls and shopping and, 
you know, yes, I was working as a singer. So there were definitely, I'm going to say, unspoken expectations around how I would show up for auditions and the clothing I would need to operate yeah. like for school and those kinds of things. But Absolutely. And I mean, some of it, like I don't work in an office anymore. Exactly. Like when I used to work in an office, yes. Like, but I notice it even just more down to even like having people over now that we're sort of doing that again, yeah. you know, I just, I'm not so uptight anymore about like the house needing to be perfectly clean or having to be all made up and look a certain way. And so I don't know, I don't know if this is like the fuck it forties or if this is the post COVID or if this is like, there's a number of factors, but there's I think it's also partly generational. Yeah. Or that in the sense, cause I don't remember, I don't remember my mom being particularly fuck it forties in some senses, like, but she's also a product of her generation and British. So, and British, <laughs> that's you. Um, although now I'd say she's more relaxed, but she still right. very much is about, you know, having her hair. I'm not to say perfect, but like, look, look nice and wearing a bit of makeup before she leaves the house in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I think back to you, right. Like as a child, and teenager growing up, like I definitely felt like my mom was much more, it was like, you know, at Chris, you know, Christmas, even it was like, yeah. you dress up to go you to church for dinner, and you, for dinner even. Yeah. And like, she's definitely relaxed now. I mean, my mom also lives in a resort mountain town now. So, you know, she's, and she's still like, I can tell sometimes, you know, she'll still dress up the odd time, like, you know, for Christmas Eve when it, you know, whereas my sisters and I are kind of at the point where we're like, just our family. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to wear my stretchy pants to eat Turkey dinner. Like it's all good. <laughs> yep. Um, my mom still will, you know, but definitely not like when I was a kid where, you know, you're right. Like yes. when she would have been in her forties, um, there was still a bit more of a, like, nope, there's times and places Absolutely. and we do social expectations and like, dress so I think in Christmas general, time. you're right society wise, we've definitely relaxed, which I think is a positive, you know, and even yeah. this movement for more acceptance, actually, yes. um, you know, like with your seeing big brands, I mean, wasn't it just recently it's uh, sports illustrated, I think had a plus size model on the cover. Um, yeah. And so we are seeing that movement, which is helping the self-acceptance. Yes. Um, I think we still have a really long way to go. Uh, definitely. And in terms of that, and seeing, I think that's supporting the self-acceptance movement because I've also, we're having this conversation as two white cisgendered women, yes. married women. And yeah, that's so a whole that's other level of self-acceptance. Whole other talking. level yeah. of self-acceptance. And, um, you know, I want to like definitely have a mm-hmm. conscious conversation around this. Like we are talking from our perspective as mm-hmm. cis mm-hmm. white cisgendered married women, very In much very like privileged communities, middle-class privileged upbringing and communities. Definitely. Like we had different upbringings. I definitely grew up through, through some pretty hardcore poverty when I was a child, mm-hmm. but at the same time it was, um, I find myself in a great spot now. So the difference for people of color and for people who don't fit those heteronormative definitions of, of course, it, it's wonderful to see more public facing images out there and conversations around that acceptance piece. Mm-hmm. I still think that it's not unusual for everyone to struggle at some level with self-acceptance over what, you know, depending on what 
point in your life you're going through, if you're going through um, like an emotional time, like where it's a family breakup or something like that, or even ch children, children and teenagers, God, teaching, how do you teach children and teens self-acceptance oh. when your peers are so I don't know, so but when you powerful. find out, can you let me know? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. when I get through it, I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one to watch and to navigate, but I think topic. it all comes, I, I think as you're talking so much of it comes down to um, it's this back, even back to this self-compassion um, topic that we talked about a couple yeah. of weeks ago, totally. because I want to say it comes down to self-esteem, but self-esteem is a tricky one. I don't know that mm -hmm. I really, I'm not fully on board with the whole self-esteem movement um, in that I think it creates some unhealthy narcissistic traits, um, mm -hmm. but self-compassion and learning to have, um, and confidence, healthy confidence, uh, I think is a key. And that for me, if I look at again, my journey and how, what I'm sharing has, um, has kind of come together is that as I've built my confidence, on who I am as a person and really stepped into more and more owning myself. Yep. That's where the like give less fucks is coming from. So, oh. so yeah. are you seeing a direct correlation for yourself between self-acceptance and yes. self-confidence? Yes. The higher yes. my confidence goes, the higher my self-acceptance goes. And I think even, you know, bringing it back just a little bit to the teens, I have, you know, one who will be 13 in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. um, and another preteen. And that has always been, that's always been one of my things as parenting is if I can raise confident girls, yeah. that to me is the key for them to go out into the world and be whoever they want to be, however they want to show up. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. And so, you know, and that's hard. I think with, I've been saying a lot's hard today. It sounds like <laughs> it feels hard. I don't know. Um, it's challenging. It's challenging, right? It Because and like you say, you are working with so many different factors. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that is, that's exactly it. The correlation between confidence and, and I would, yeah. And I would say when I look back at myself as a teen and especially in my twenties, um, yeah, like compared to where I am now and all of the work I've done and all of the deep, like self excavation, yeah. it's, it's been a complete shift. And I do wonder if that's where, again, almost like the outer needs to match the inner more. We're like shedding this, like needing to have this certain image of how I look. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter. Oh. I think that's super juicy in the sense that, and, and even if, if it makes you feel good to do your hair and put makeup on every day, then do it. Like this yeah, is, absolutely. this is the other, like the other, I'm going to say another angle to the conversation is, is that this, you know, if it makes you feel good to dye your hair until you're 97, like fucking do it. Dye your hair until you're 97. I know people who did that. Yeah. And more power to you. More like, power to you. That's that level of self-acceptance. Exactly. Right. There's zero judgment. Yeah. In all of what we're sharing, it's not about judging. No. Um, and the, I think when we let go of the judgment narrative in ourselves, then we can find, obviously find it easier to accept oneself and 
increase that self-confidence piece. But I think they all go hand in hand. And also another factor I think is surrendering to what is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I think it ties into some of those things we talk about, like what's in the scope of your control? Well, I can mm-hmm. manage my appearance, you know, and I, yeah, I could have got up this morning, not had a shower and still run this online workshop and my hair would have been fine, but I knew I wanted to feel better and fresher and have fresh, like feel yeah. fresher and cleaner and have my hair I'm not, I'm not saying done or styled, but it was like, you know, have it, have it scrunchied and not bedhead. So it's more about that's what helped me feel good for the activity that I was taking, undertaking this morning. Other times I'm like, tie the hair back and go. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, I love, like, I still, you know, enjoy dressing up. And that was part of the reason yeah. um, for me to go and buy some new clothes, to be honest. It was like, I need, there's definitely something to be said for, um, you know, we hear a lot. I, I haven't, I don't hear it so much anymore, but I remember there was a period where it was like, oh, you know, it's important to get up and get dressed every day, even when you're working from home, Mm -hmm. like get up and put those jeans on or get up and put your makeup on. And I don't fully subscribe to that. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy sitting around in uncomfortable jeans all day in my home office. Um, And, but now I've kind of found this balance where some days, yeah, it's like no makeup and just like my Lulu's and I'm comfy. And other days it's like, actually, it feels really good to put on some jeans and a nice sweater and put my makeup on and just feel good in our, in my body. And so to be able to get to that place though, of being able to do both. And I think the other key is the intention and the, what it gives you. So for me, it's now coming from a place of pleasure. If we come back to what you were saying, Mm -hmm. right. It feels good. I enjoy it. I want to do it. It doesn't come from a place of, um, insecurity or like, Oh, I can't let, you know, I can't go out without makeup on. Yeah, no, no. I like, I totally don't feel that way. Yes. And I love that you tied this back to pleasure because at the end of the day, pleasure is a feeling worth honoring, especially in your day-to-day interactions. And so Perfect example. This morning, I was teaching an online workshop um, for a government agency, and I knew I wanted to wear a dress, but I got out three possibilities. And I looked at the three dresses on my bed, and I was like, okay, what's going to feel, hey, body, hey, Jen, what's going to feel really good to wear and still be comfortable for teaching this workshop and teaching this work? Because yes, you'll be seated, but there'll be some you know, light Mm -hmm. movement, standing Mm -hmm. and stretching. And so I, yeah, I chose this blue dress and I love it and it's comfy. I've had it a long time, but I can dress it up and, you know, wear it multiple ways. So that making that choice felt pleasurable. And this dress, you know, fits me and my body no matter where I'm at. So I think it's finding this balance of pleasure, self-acceptance, self-confidence and acceptance around where you at, where you're at in your life and what activity you're undertaking that day. Yeah, absolutely. So if we go, if we kind of wrap this up with the Mm self-acceptance piece and somebody that's wanting to step into more self-acceptance or get to that place, how do we, how do we start on that journey? Oh, I think it really depends how, Honestly, I would start really small. This is from from, pers- from speaking as someone who had very low self-confidence for much of her teen and 
I'd say young adult life, very low confidence, I would start with something small. Like what do you, what's something small that you love about your body? First of all. And you know, for me, like something simple, I'm like, I've always loved my ears. I don't know why they just have a pleasing <laughs> shape. They are pretty. Um, and so I started there and then that self-acceptance piece that was sort of finding the love for myself and my body and where I'm at. And I knew, I knew I would quote unquote, never be a skinny kid because I was never that kid. And at the same time, I love my curves now. And yeah, sometimes self-acceptance takes, I'm going to say conscious, intentional practice. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, okay, I accept that this is where my body is today. And I also choose and know that I have the power to change that. That I, I really cared about these five extra kilos that I'm carrying around right now or whatever it is that I want to shift or change. Yeah, I can totally make some lifestyle, quote unquote, exercise changes to make that happen. But because my word is pleasure this year, what's what feels mm-hmm. more pleasurable? Mm-hmm. If it brings me pleasure to exercise, to feel like I fit my clothing better, then I will follow that. Mm-hmm. So I think to answer your question for our listeners, where do you start with that self-acceptance? Follow the feeling of what feels good first and see how it applies to your specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've what also, well, for me, that? it's been a lot of um, questioning like getting curious. Mm. So, you know, if I'm like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't like this role that showed up or like, I'm like, Oh, so what, why? Like, what does that, what am I making that mean about myself? Great question. And so starting to unpack that now I've got a lot of the tools to do that self-reflective work, but, um, I think, you know, I look and go, why do we, why do we judge ourselves so harshly? And because or where am I looking for outside acceptance? It's actually because I'm looking to be accepted by the external. And so what am I seeking in that? Like, it's always kind of into this, like, like the void a little bit, right? Where we're seeking, we're seeking something outside of us. And so what are we trying to fill? We're seeking that external Um, affirmation or that external Mm -hmm. validation Mm -hmm. when in actual fact we need to be finding it internally and that validation internally first yeah 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 it's sort of like great questions let's put those in our show notes yeah so people and obviously if you don't have the tools and you want to look at it more deeply like this this is is what we do coaching is a perfect container for this right to start looking at this because and oftentimes it's not really about the extra five pounds or the role or the thing like it's it's about what's deeper what's underneath that it's about the emotions that are stored it's about um you know and really sitting in I remember one of our um uh, a mentor that both you and I work with she has a program called flow body and one of the things that she talks about is like really feel into your body and Mm -hmm your body has sort of a, um, can't remember, like a set point, right? And everybody's body is different. And so one of the things that's been really interesting, actually, I've noticed as I've sort of stepping into this sort of new body, 
a lot of people, I've had a couple of people that I haven't seen in quite a while that, you know, have said like, wow, you look really good. You're glowing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. You know, but I'm like, interesting. Like just, I've had little comments like that where it's like, and some, and I even had one conversation with somebody who I know well enough to have this conversation with love, like, yeah, you know, I've, I'm really trying to like step into this new body and accept it and whatnot. And they're like, you know, like, wow, you're wearing it really well. Like I can, you know, like, and even said like, yes, I can see that you have, you know, you're, that you have put on weight, but it looks really good on you. And it's just interesting kind of perspective. Um, And so, you know, it's made me question that too and be like, perhaps this is where my body actually needs to be. Exactly. I think that's what I'm feeling about this year with the pleasure piece with like, this is where my body needs to be right now. Yeah. And five years ago, yeah, you know, my body was at a different place and needed to be. So Mm -hmm. really like, and this is very deep. It takes, it definitely takes, um, this isn't just a a sit and ask your body thing. I don't think because it's too easy for our egos to overtake but really sitting with, okay, if this is truly like the, the healthy set point for my body, how can I love and embrace that? Um, versus we, you know, we're so inundated with societal conditioning and messaging that we need to be skinnier. We need to be fitter. Mm -hmm. We need to have the six pack or the, you know, the, the arms like that are super strong and true for men and women these days. Like absolutely very different ways, but they, it shows up in different ways, but it's, I still feel like men get a bit more of a pass than women do, but the same images are presented. And like, I'd say especially rampant in the, in for gay men and for, for Mm. non, non cisgendered. Absolutely. Yeah. um, Men. So, so really sitting in that and looking at what do you have going on in your life? What do you have? Like, I've had a lot of, a lot of things going on in my life too. So also looking at that and going, okay, so based on everything that I'm dealing with right now, am I really in a, you know, am I really in a bad position? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. And I think that's, that feels like a piece of self-acceptance and that I'm sharing this and I can speak about it. And it still feels a bit achy. Like, I'll be honest, when I, even when I share yeah. it, there is still a part of me that's like, eh. like, but I just want to be that 10 pounds lighter, like mm-hmm. that little bit trimmer. But that's again, my conditioning and I'm aware of it. So I have a friend who recent, not when I say too recently, but earlier this year told me that they wanted to lose 20 pounds and they're already a petite frame. However, I sort of questioned them on it. I was like, well, why, why do you feel that? Well, they, they said, oh, I, I'll just feel better. I just feel better. And so they're increasing their exercise and activity level. And, you know, they're like, oh, I've already lost 10 pounds. I feel great. I just feel better when I'm this weight. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. Self-knowledge. But it's also getting, are you, are you doing that because of the number? Or are you doing that because of what, this is how you used to look and you're trying to go for this, Mm -hmm. unattainable ideal of what you were and who you were 20 years ago, or like, this is the other level of self-acceptance that this is the shadow aspect of self-acceptance where you think you're doing it for one reason, but the actual underlying messaging might be where the underlying reasons might be something that you're not willing to look at. Yes. 
So that's another facet. I was going to ask one more sort of question that I can ask this of you, but this is also for our listeners is like, what would it take for you to accept yourself exactly where you are today in this moment with where you're at? That's funny. And like a wash of calm comes over me when you say that. Yeah. I think it's taking a hard look, like I sort of said about at, you know, when I've had to look at like, okay, my body's shifting and changing, but I'm doing the things like I feel fairly good in my body. It's my judgments of myself that don't feel good. So it's a different energy than, uh, I'm in a rut. I'm drinking too much. I'm eating like junk food and sugar all the time and pulling out the chips, which I have been there. And that's a very different feeling to, okay, like, yeah, I'm stepping into this new version, but I'm, you know, I'm getting my sleep. I'm managing my stress. I'm getting outside in nature. I'm getting like, I'm sweating, you know, getting a sweat on. I'm eating fairly balanced. Like, Mm -hmm. There was a period in my life too, where, and now I was doing this partly because of health. I had some health during my, like my more acute health challenges, but I had to go, I went really, um, swung really far to the other side where like no processed sugar, no processed food, basically super clean eating, no alcohol. And yeah, I dropped probably 20 pounds and I was at my thinnest. Um, I think I'd one of my thinnest I'd ever been. And I felt really good because I was really clean, but I was also living in a very rigid state. Yes. And that is the other flip side of this too, right? So this is this like, kind of like what you were saying, it comes back to the pleasure. Like, do I want to live that rigidly so -hmm. that I can like have this body that I think is what I need to somehow my value gets tied into that Mm. versus like, having a more balanced, like, you know, like I say, for the most part, I eat fairly well, but I've definitely loosened up where I'm probably, I'm probably now even more like 70, 30, you know, not necessarily the 80, 20 rule. I'm probably more on the 70, 30 rule now where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have some of those chips and okay. I'm going to like go and grab that sweet or whatever. But like you say, if that's what feels good and balanced, what's wrong with that? Yeah. It's like, and yes, obviously we're in a place of privilege where we can be making those choices and be yes. making those decisions. Although I do admit that I'm, I am adjusting some of my, say, I'm making more conscious food purchase decisions. It's like, actually, I'm not going to buy the potato chips. I'm going to buy the apple chips instead. Right. Because they're going to have the same crunch and they'll have, they have, that obviously better dietary. Mm-hmm. So making like more bang for your buck, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a level of from a nutrition, from but a interestingly nutrition. from a privileged place, typically that costs more money. Yes. So, you yes. know, there's so Absolutely. many angles. There's so many angles to look at it. Oh, anyway. Yeah. This has been our, I'm going to say part one <laughs> of probably several. Self-acceptance. Yeah. Unpacking self-acceptance. Um yeah, we will have already talked about it on the community call by the time this episode goes live, but I'm, I'd imagine we're going to be having more conversations around it. I'd we would love a, to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And I was going to say, because I think this is a big piece of the work we do. We yeah. don't necessarily go out and talk about 
our work in and self-acceptance as a, as like one of the things, but, you know, as we're talking about this conversation and thinking about our clients and the work we do, and when we are sort of talking about starting to unpack this, it's absolutely at the core of the coaching work we do. Yeah. And so if you are looking for support, uh, you know, if you're feeling, if you're having trouble in some of these areas, because the other thing is it affects every area of our life. Like Definitely. it affects so many different things. Um, you know, reach out and you know chat with us and well i think this is actually great definitely reach out and contact us and we also have um if you're curious and you have something specific you'd like 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 the self-acceptance piece we have a three two one countdown offer which is three sessions two of us and one transformation over a one month period and that is seven hundred and seventy seven dollars yeah but you get us two to one for three 60 minute sessions and it is a really powerful place to start to unpack some of this yeah so this sounds interesting to you. Definitely reach out. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation around the power or the trials and tribulations of self-acceptance. I don't know. We don't know what we're going to call the this journey. Episode yet. I don't know. It's a journey. The journey of right? self. The, I don't think we ongoing. ever fully get there. Yeah, but it's ongoing. Definitely the fuck it forties. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in the fuck it forties, and if you are in the fuck it forties, fifties, or beyond, yeah, find out more. And if you're not, if you're not there yet, this is what you have to look forward to. Good times. Okay. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Great to, uh, great to be in your ears. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you love this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.